the, the vision is for years ahead. It's a long-term vision uh, of connecting to the, this ecosystem, uh, creating a footprint here, and continuing to grow. And really, to benefit, uh, it's really a, the idea is really a win-win-win. It's uh, supposed to benefit the people. It's supposed to benefit the Israeli stakeholders, and it really is supposed to benefit, of course, the corporation that I work for. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leomitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Opus Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Let's talk about innovation. Meet Leo Benyakov, Chief Innovation Officer, Head of Partnerships and Ventures, Mitsubishi Corporation. Mitsubishi's history is dating back to the 19th century. MC is one of the largest Japanese general trading companies, active in virtually every industry. Lior joined MC's new outpost to help effectively connect the vast footprint and resources of a global and traditional corporation with the innovative ecosystem that has developed in Israel. He is Israel's advocate within the group, identifying synergetic opportunities for collaboration or investment in verticals such as agri-food tech, industry 4.0, mobility, cleantech, and others. Lior Ben Yaakov, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you very much for, for having me. Thank um, you. I'm really excited. Uh, I really enjoy this format. I've watched a, several of the episodes. I love the simplicity. It's interesting. So I, I, hope, uh, I hope I'll do a good job. I, thank you very much. Already starting with a smile. I love it. Uh, one thing that, I, that caught me by big surprise, Mitsubishi Corporation is not only Mitsubishi Cars. I know I had this whole episode planned talking about innovation in cars, and here you tell me that it's actually much bigger and and that cars is just you know a portion of the big picture. Uh, yes, that's true. So uh, it, and it's complicated. I myself am still learning. it's it's actually a a lot of fun to I'm studying history and the business. Uh, so I work for uh, I'm Lior Benyakov. I'm the Chief Innovation Officer uh, and Head of, uh, of uh, Partnerships and Ventures and effectively the Deputy GM of uh, Mitsubishi Corporation, not Mitsubishi Motors, in the Israel office. We're based in Tel Aviv. And I guess more about, about what I do a little bit later. And it's true, Mits- um, Mitsubishi Corp is what you would call a, a general trading company, one of the Japanese trading uh, companies, uh, Sogo Sosha in, in, in Japanese. Um, <laughs> The larger one, they're not, they're not many of them, but they do cover a lot of the uh, Japanese economy. So I learned these are large conglomerates that have been ex- in existence since the 19th century when Japan was going through its first westernization process in the Meiji uh, um, era, went through evolution after the, the, the World War, and they still exist today. Uh, so there are, other, there are a few other names, and Mitsubishi Corp is one of the largest ones. And indeed, as you alluded, Mitsubishi Motors is one of our 1,400 or 1,200, sorry, 1,200 um, daughter companies. Um, so, uh, and it's part of one of the 10 business uh, platforms, which one of them is really the automotive sector. 
Um, I, I'm still shocked by the the twelve hundred. I've done quite a few episodes. I, I don't remember many times that I that I was in such a big shock in in the middle of the episode. Uh, Leo, you know your your history, you know, stemming a lot from agritech as well and in and innovation and and management, holding key you know vice president roles amongst so some really interesting companies, being a manager within a car a Cargill, but then also going to CropEx and and Accenture and you know, who is Leo? Wow. You know, how do you end up as being deputy GM and chief innovation in the te- in the Tel Aviv branch of a company that has 1,200 daughter companies? Um, well, that's a good question. I, I need to I need to ask my wife how that happened. So it, it's an interesting story. I guess, uh, you, you know, I, I, um, I'm married. I've got three, three kids, grew up in uh, Haifa, Israel. Um Actually, to a I guess a multinational uh, family, we spoke English at home, um, and uh, I guess for about a decade and almost a decade and a half now is kind of the switch to what I call the business side. So I started out as a as a Technion graduate, um, did information system work for a while, but then sort of made the switch when I went to do my MBA at the University of Chicago. Um, uh, the Booth, Booth School of Business was a very interesting time uh, when I did it. These the subprime crisis hit immediately after we moved. Uh, uh, so, you know, the, the joke I sometimes tell my friends is that I was Lehman Brothers' last mistake because I uh, interned <laughs> there over the summer <laughs> in two thousand and eight. Uh, yeah, which wow. Was interesting. Okay, <laughs> so that was uh, that was an interesting time, um, but. Uh, Following my MBA, I joined uh, the strategy and business development team of uh, Cargill, which is a huge agribusiness, the largest private, uh, uh, privately owned uh, corporation in the United States. Um, and that unit was sort of, a, it's like an internal McKinsey for a while. And uh, uh, another part of the time there was with their internal accelerator. So uh, it, it opened a, a broad picture for First of all, how these things are done in terms of the, the function. So you're analyzing the innovation, you're talking to startups, you're doing internal innovation, doing strategy work and corporate development work. Broadened my mind, it was a, a great school, uh, additional school. Um, you know, it, I, I learned what a real winner was like when, we, when I studied in Chicago and then when we moved to Minnesota where headquarters of Cargill are, uh, my wife and I, we learned that it could be worse <laughs> uh, but the but the city itself was 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 amazing. Um, a, you get a broad picture of uh, many of the business units: um, food ingredients, ag, trading, um, uh, management. Uh, you're working with these senior leaders uh, and and helping them think about uh, the the special corporate issues that uh, that arise. Um, it sounds like you had po- an abundance of experiences that were really, you know, meaningful and impactful that you, that you take with you until now. And we're looking at, you know, years ago, you know, what, what, was there an experience that, you know, you reflect back on it and that, that you felt took you from A to B, you know, on a personal growth level? Um, well, yeah, I guess, I guess several, um, if I move forward, I think the experience uh, within a, an actual startup at CropEx, so this is a few years ahead of ahead, you know, I was talking about Cargill. At some point, we returned to Israel, and I was VP of business development for one of the uh, uh, Coca-Cola Israel companies for Brigat. 
Um, and I was uh, touching upon innovation and startups from, I guess, from the side of the large corporations, whether they yeah. be global uh, by, by global standards or large by Israeli standards. And it started to tickle. Uh, you know, I, you know. Let's. Say, I think it makes sense to feel what it's like from from the inside, um, and I think that's that's actually very good advice for anyone doing innovation or investment. At least my opinion was you have to feel what a startup is from inside. Um, in parallel, I was also thinking about uh, at the time about ag tech and food tech in a very bullish manner. Um, I think uh, this is about five years ago. I think I've been proven right with the various oh, yeah. very interesting. Um, valuations we're seeing in the industry right now. And I joined the uh, uh, CropX, which was an amazing precision agriculture startup as the VP of BizDev. And so to answer your question about the experience that really developed, so of course, uh, great experiences with Cargill, then returning to Israel. And in CropX, it gave me another perspective, uh, this time from the side of the startup, I had to work with these large corporates and uh, and uh, gained their attention because together with myself, maybe a hundred other startups are trying to talk to them and speak to investors and speak to and work with the board and work with our management and the amazing CEO with the company uh, and learn how to deal with that intensity. And during that time, we raised the Series B round. And during that time, I, I guess, almost single-handedly opened a new market, which was you know, dollar-wise, maybe not as huge as what the numbers I would have seen at Cargill, but very important for uh, the development and for funding and creating value within the startup. Um, and that gave me a very interesting perspective. So corporate and startup. Um, and that kind of led into what I'm doing today. Um, so just before we get into into today's role, because I think that's it's going to be fascinating sure. on its own. For putting your, if we're going back to where you were at CropX and you're opening this new market and you're watching through the, this, this financing of the Series B round, and then you're reflecting back on your position in this global company, right? A Coca-Cola company, and you're and you're working you're working in the ecosystem from the corporate and global level. What do you realize? You know, in looking back in retrospective, that you were missing out on because you're mentioning that you know you think that you know people who are who are looking to work in innovation, large corporates, they can benefit a lot from working in a, in a startup. What did you benefit? You know, in retrospect. Well, um, when I was uh, when I joined the startup with the background of the corporate, uh, it kind of gave me a good idea of what uh, you know what the corporates were thinking and and what their agenda is, uh, whether it's a personal agenda of the individuals you're working with or the, the agenda of their division, you know, let's not be naive. It's, it's not always the, uh, the same agenda. Sometimes, you know, their, their, in, their interests and, and people and opinions and a little bit of politics and you learn, uh, you know, and for, you know, sometimes young people within the, the startup who haven't had the, the, experience with maybe a global corporate that had, has, had worked with a startup from the other side, they don't really understand what's going on. Why is it taking so long? And why are they asking these questions again and again, repetitive? Are they, uh, are they disrespecting us? Are they uh, trying to just, you know, push us, push us off? And you have to um, under, be resilient in that situation. Um, not too pushy, but yet also you have to always have, uh, you know, your finger on the pulse, they say in Hebrew, uh, to get back and to follow up and to 
you know, this is true for all startups. Be ready to hear no and maybe and uh, and and workarounds. Um, but you really understand what's going on. And when I began working as part of Cropix, uh, bringing in an investor who was who happened to be a company similar to Mitsubishi, one of our competitors, another Japanese uh, Sogo Sosha, general trading company. Um, you know, that was a, that was a, a difficult experience. It was almost, uh, they, you know, sometimes I, uh, I felt like, oh, my God, what's going on? What are they? What, again, they're asking this. They asked these questions two, uh, two weeks ago and two months ago. What's going on? Uh, in retrospect today, when I'm part of a Japanese company uh, in a large corporate, I, I, knew what, what was, I knew what was going on. And by, by the way, there was a happy, happy ending there. Uh, they asked many questions. It was very difficult and sometimes tedious, but they invested, which was a very important strategic investment. So uh, not saying that that's always the case when you speak to uh, a company such as ours and pitching your, uh, your startup, but uh, it will happen. Incredible. I hope that answers the question. 100%. <laughs> Fast forward to today, December of 2021, Mitsubishi Corporation's innovation, working with the ecosystem here. What is it all about for you? Perfect. So uh, in some ways, it feels like I'm opening a small startup uh, within a large corporate here in Israel, together with my amazing uh, GM, who is a Japanese national who, who lives now in Israel. Um, we are really the advocates for the Israeli ecosystem within this very broad world, let's call it, of Mitsubishi Corp. Uh, and and the and the its its reach across uh, not only Japan and not only Asia but 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 globally. Um, what we're trying to do is identify at this point we are what you would call a uh, liaison office or uh, we're trying to identify opportunities, whether it would be with funds but mostly with startups and maybe other stakeholders in several verticals. Um, whether it's uh, agri-food tech, mobility, industry 4.0, clean tech, areas that could be synergetic for our group. The group covers virtually every type of industry. Um, and the idea is to be able to connect them to the right business unit or to the right daughter company uh, and facilitate uh, beyond just uh, matchmaking there, try to facilitate something that will turn into collaboration. And collaboration can be uh, anything, a pilot, uh, something commercial, uh, hopefully also investment, lead to investment. Um, and, you know, keeping in mind our internal processes, uh, things take time, but the, the vision is for years ahead. It's a long-term vision uh, of connecting to the, this ecosystem, uh, creating a footprint here and continuing to grow. And really to benefit, uh, it's really, a, the idea is really a win-win-win. It's uh, supposed to benefit the people, it's supposed to benefit the Israeli stakeholders, and it really is supposed to benefit, of course, the corporation that I work for. Now, when you're looking at the Israeli ecosystem, and, you know, there's a lot of innovation going on, a lot of startups, how are these relationships forming right now? Sort of what, what is the process that you go through in forming these relationships with the Israel ecosystem, you know, both on the inbound and the outbound level? So right now we're a very small operation and uh, little did I know, but when I joined, it was only a few weeks before COVID started. So things uh, have changed a little bit in terms of speed and, and your ability to work. But the strategy is really... Uh, um, to create a funnel. So 
my day-to-day is really speaking the way we are speaking now with as many uh, companies as I can, um, analyze which ones, myself and my and the GM, analyze which ones might be relevant uh, together, uh, analyze which ones might be, first of all, interesting in general, and then interesting for uh, whichever business within, within our group, and then try to facilitate those by making the right introductions and connections and providing the right follow-up and being our the the person on the ground for um, other decision makers within within the group. But uh, the you're talking about a group that has 1,200 daughter companies. That's right. We were not gonna we're not gonna speak with all 1,200. Uh, the group is organized into kind of 12 divisions uh, by industry. So I'm not gonna remember remember them all. So of course there's the auto and mobility. You mentioned that, but there is uh, mining, chemicals, energy. Um, uh, infrastructure, agri-food, of course, which is uh, kind of my baby, and and, and a few others. Um, and within the verticals we're looking at, the strategy is in order to get some sort of a multiplier effect is also to work with stakeholders that can have an aggregate effect. So an example would be, and this is public, uh, a relationship we've created with uh, uh, the agri-food uh, investment arm or accelerator called Trendlines, Um you may have heard of them, very highly reputable. So together with them, I can cover that vertical, even though we're only a small number of people. And we're looking to do similar things, uh, maybe with other outfits that cover other verticals, uh, in I-4, mobility, et cetera. And of course, directly to speak with, with startups. And uh, when we find the ones that you know meet the, meet the, character, the criteria of one, interesting, two, if someone caught the not the bait is not the word, but someone wants to champion it internally, then we'll push forward as much as we can. But our vision going forward is to evolve uh, and cut the, these processes short into um, you know some of our some of the other Japanese companies have evolved into a CVC, a corporate v- VC. Um, we want to evolve that way as well. Whether the first step will be some sort of a hybrid model, which can be very interesting, and maybe. Uh, further on in the future, an actual CVC. What is your role as you see it in the Israel ecosystem today? You know, things are evolving quickly. There's, you know, Israel is a powerhouse in, in every way possible. And, and people like you, as far as I see, they're, they're catalysts in different ways, shapes, and forms. What is your role in the Israel ecosystem today? Um, I, I really I really agree with the way you defined it. Uh, Catalyst is a, is a great way to put it. Uh, when I describe to my friends what my my role is, I say that it's a hybrid of VC business development, uh, scouting, and a little bit of uh, the Israel Export Institute, you know, uh, in Hebrew, Machon because we're here to represent and really work for these for the local stakeholders. It's literally our job to help them for free. Uh, to try and get into this very large, traditional, uh, complicated organization, um, which has a long, very long-term view. So maybe it's a disadvantage, this complexity, but uh, there are huge advantages uh, for any stakeholder trying to work with us um, just by virtue of connecting with the resources and the name and the connections uh, that such an organization can have. Um, just, uh, just uh, you know, imagine a, a startup working to uh, raise funds in one of the one of the rounds, and he can uh, and the, the startup can uh, publish 
hey, we're doing a pilot with Mitsubishi Corp. Wow, that's uh, that's a big thing. It might not be the hu- the biggest headline in SeaTech, uh, but it's a very big thing, and and these are some of the things we're looking for. Well, and usually investment. Yeah, the, the, sometimes you know the more strategic things in a, in a round don't 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 often make it to the headlines. They're the you know the deeper things that require a little bit more introspection to really dig deep into. And so I can I can definitely understand that. Um, yeah. And and I I just want to say Leo that I think it's it's so cool. You know, to be in a position when you're when you're at uh, there's a, some some jealousy in my in my tone of voice here because you really you know you're you're sitting in this intersection of on one hand this phenomenal phenomenal you know in, innovation hub this you know the miracle of the state of Israel at the same time you're representing you know such an incredible company Mitsubishi Corporation with you know really in touching in all all aspects of our lives dealing with some of the most cool products in the world and you get to uh, you know bridge the gap between the two and play a really pivotal role and I and I. I really so so first of all thank you for for your part of of this ecosystem and, and really also thank you for these 20 minutes i really really enjoyed them and i learned a lot and i gained a lot of inspiration for myself so really thank you thank you very much it was uh, really fun and uh, i really appreciate it look forward to seeing it thank you very very much <laughs> thank you so much 